This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies ed tech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and it helps you assess student performance through actionable real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of different tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com forward slash B-E. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. Every child deserves a team. That's the belief behind Jigsaw Learning, a proud sponsor of the B Podcast Network. And it's why the company, founded by educators Curtis and Lorna Hewson, focuses on ensuring success for all learners through collaborative response, an approach in which every child is supported by a team. Through customized professional learning that incorporates workshops, leadership development, online learning opportunities, and more, Jigsaw Learning can guide you every step of the way to create a plan to maximize the collective capacity in your schools. Learn more at jigsawlearning.ca. This is TL Talk Radio, Season 1, Episode 4. Welcome to TL Talk Radio, a regular podcast with Lynn Funihetten and Randy Ziegenfuss, where our goal is to engage you in learning, motivate you to share your work, and inspire you to lead for the change we need in schools for the digital age. I'm Randy Ziegenfuss. And I'm Lynn Funihetten. Hello, everyone. Hello, Hello Randy. everyone. Hello, Lynn. So, Randy, question to get us started. What do these three co- quotes have in common? Mm, okay, I'm listening. All right, three quotes. None of us is as smart as all of us. Ken Blanchard. A group becomes a team when each member is sure enough of himself and his contribution to praise the skills of others. Norman Heidel. I'm not sure how to say that name. And teamwork divides the task and doubles the success. Anonymous. Well, it sounds like the common thread is something about team. So I think we're probably going to talk about collaboration today, aren't we? Absolutely. So this week, we're going to talk about why every school leader needs a collaborator. And Randy and I have certainly um, become great collaborators. And we have identified three reasons why we think it's really important to collaborate. Um, One, to help problem solve to have someone to get honest feedback from, and finally to have someone who can help you model the importance of connections and collaboration for others within your organization. And I think as a school leader, I, I and looking back on my career, I think it's the it's really important to have somebody that you can connect with and somebody that you can work with. And so I think this podcast is really important because we want to encourage uh, everyone who's a school leader to find somebody who you can collaborate with. And we're going to try and uh, as Lynn mentioned, share with you three ways that we think uh, you will benefit from finding somebody uh, to be a good collaborator. So reason number one, uh, somebody to help you problem solve. As leaders, that's really what we're doing. We're trying to solve problems. Sometimes it seems like we're trying to solve everyone's problems. Uh, but because we are problem solvers and we don't have expertise in every area, it's really important for us to find somebody who has 
uh, qualities and uh, skills that complement our qualities and skills. So for example, Lynn and I, I think are pretty good collaborators and something that I enjoy. And I think that one of the reasons why we are good together is because we do have different skill sets. Absolutely. I think our skill sets really complement each other. And, um, you know, we have different backgrounds, which have led to different experiences and different education, which has led to different experiences and um, even different work environments. So, you know, I see that you have some strengths that I don't have and that they can really be very beneficial for me and my work and for our work together. Um, so, you know, I see you as having very visionary leadership and, and you know, being really reflective and inquiring and asking questions. Um, that combined with your, your strong technology background and, um, you know, you're constantly modeling the way with social media for all of us on the team. You know, and, and you're making sure that we're all committed to telling our story through social media and technology and engaging with others. And, you know, you have these strengths and, you know, tied in with your ability to be a very thoughtful planner and approaching challenges um, that really complement my strengths. So, you know, it's, it's great to find someone who with whom you can work with, but also with whom you can recognize strengths that complement and add to your own personal strengths. And the strengths and qualities that you have that I think uh, complement the things that you mentioned uh, so nicely that uh, I bring to the team is the fact that you have a building perspective. I've never been a principal, so you've been in that role uh, as an as an acting assistant principal, and um, you spent most of your career in a school building. So you bring that perspective too. And I know that you know whenever I'm doing some problem solving, I'll oftentimes come for you for that perspective come to you for that perspective and uh, that usually you usually enlighten the situation by providing that background um, you also have a really good keen sense of approaching problems from multiple perspectives um, you have a very strong background in curriculum and instruction too so when we're attacking a problem of um, maybe looking at a particular curriculum and and how might we want to modify this and change this or does it meet um, the criteria that we set forth in terms of using technology and a variety of instructional practices and assessments that uh, really get kids to think critically. You have that background. You've had that experience in the classroom. You've applied those things uh, to to your own practice. And so when we do that collaborative problem solving, you're bringing those ideas and those experiences to the table. Um, I'm an introvert and you are the opposite of that. You are an extrovert. And, you know, I think while I've grown very comfortable with being uh, in a room with lots of people, uh, it's, you know, it's fun to actually watch you uh, engage with people and you're very open and you're fun. And, you know, I know that coming to the central office, you've, you've definitely brought that that idea of being an extrovert and, and having fun and building relationships. Uh, I can I can I can remember when I used to threaten to leave you and <laughs> leave you in a crowd of people. Yeah, now <laughs> you threaten. I don't really care. <laughs> I so, can't threaten that anymore. <laughs> so you're also a, a systems thinker, too. So you ask a lot of questions. Uh, it kind of relates to that idea of multiple perspectives, too. You 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 have a keen sense of all the different things that operate in terms of uh, solving a problem, and you ask good questions that that definitely show that I that you have a, a strength in the idea of uh, thinking systemically, and of course your content knowledge too. And the one thing that I sort of marvel at is special ed, and you're supervising psychologists, and so you have a really uh, 
good understanding of that area, which I is, is not my area. And um, I don't have that expertise. So I think the things that you've described about me and the things that I've described about you, they really relate to this first uh, point that we're trying to make. And that is that a good collaborator will have different qualities and different areas of expertise. And when you merge those things together, you really um, get a strong presence to help you solve problems as a leader. So Lynn, can you give us actually a personal example of the two of us working in this area where our our expertises have uh, sort of, what's the word I'm looking for, complemented each other? Absolutely. And, and going back to the first quote that I shared, none of us is as smart as all of us. Here's an example that I, that I think can exemplify that and um, this idea that we're talking about. So if you think back, Randy, to the way the curriculum meeting preparation has evolved over the last two years, um, when Randy and I first took on this, these roles, Randy as assistant superintendent is in charge of preparing the curriculum committee meetings for our board. And that's no easy task with all of the um, initiatives and activities and sharing that we have and that we're doing. Um, so he has come up with a very thoughtful way and, and plan to make sure that our curriculum meetings are successful and we engage with our curriculum chair. Um, so once a month, we meet with her ahead of time. Prior to the meeting, we share the agenda uh, we ask for feedback. We make changes, and um, you know, we just spend some time really talking to her. And as as Randy likes to say, we don't surprise her, and and she doesn't surprise us. So everyone's prepared for the meeting, and and we can um, have everything that we need. And you know, that thoughtful planning that you put into that process, Randy, and and the way you document, you know, everything from the cover sheet that explains each item we're going to talk about. Um, to the, you know, all of the attachments that we need, that organized preparation, you know, coupled with us sitting down and having that informal and social conversation really leads to a shared positive experience for all of us. Um, you know, you, me, our curriculum chair, but also well-organized meetings and, you know, clear expectations for everyone involved and, you know, clear understanding of, of what we're going to be talking about and what we need to accomplish during that that two-hour time frame. And so in, in that case, my contribution is probably the organization of it and seeing the bigger picture, like you said, visionary type uh, skill that I have. And I think your contribution is the expertise in the various areas. You help to bring clarity to some of these areas uh, through your particular expertise. And um, certainly your ability to influence other people and, and um, work with them and get them to understand uh, the importance and the value of uh, supporting certain initiatives uh, is is a good example of how our two skill sets complement each other. And uh, working as a team and as collaborators, we're able to bring about some change and move our, our district in this case forward. So reason number two why every educational leader should have a collaborator and that it is somebody who can provide you with feedback. And uh, I've always been very intrigued about this um, area of feedback for, for educational leaders because I think the higher you go up in the organization, the more challenging it is to get honest feedback. And I know from our relationship, uh, that is probably one of the most 
important things that I value. And that is that I know I have somebody who's going to, uh, as you might say, give it to me straight uh, and with no judgments. And it's just going to be pure, honest feedback. And, you know, I can think of countless times that, you know, from something like taking to you an email to read through, give it to give me some feedback. Is the tone okay? Is there something I'm missing Um, to, you know, more challenging decisions uh, of of a a more uh, significant impact than just a simple email. Um, So I think the importance of finding somebody who is who you're comfortable with receiving feedback from and also who's uh, comfortable getting feedback to. Yeah, absolutely. That's been really important. And, and we have this unique, you know, situation in which you're my supervisor and you're providing feedback as part of your um, supervisory role. But we also have this, this collaborative role in which we can get, you know, very informal feedback, whether it's, you know, let's talk about this over lunch and, and what's the best way to proceed for each of us, for the district, um, for our colleagues so that we can get a desired short-term and long-term effect. And, you know, as a result of those conversations, our product is typically better than it would have been without. You know, does this action say what we wanted to say to our principals and to our teachers? Does this draft of this email say what we mean to say? And, you know, processing that is is really valuable. And I think it takes us back to that second quote. Um, a group becomes a team when each member is sure enough of himself and his contribution to praise the skill of the others and um, by Norman Heidel. And I, I think that, you know, we are pretty liberal with, yeah, that's a great idea, or I really appreciate the way, the way you handled that um, in addition to that critical feedback. So, you know, it, it goes both ways. It's, it's the positive, and it's also that critical feedback that's really important. Sure. All right, so tell us about number three. What would be the third reason? And I think, um, you know, this has come <laughs> come up again and again through some of our teachers who have seen us interact. Um, you know, even just today, we were in a meeting and we had one of our teachers say to us, do you two ever travel separately? Like teachers are accustomed to seeing us together and, <laughs> um, you know, people are accustomed to interacting with us and, um, you know, we we present ourselves as a team and many of the decisions that we need to make because we wear these small the the small school districts multiple hats in our roles um, really model for our district community that we're connected and collaboration is key and we work together and um, you know we process things together so you know it's it's interesting to see what other people and hear what other people think about us collaborating because many times teachers don't have the opportunity to have as much collaboration. You know, for example, our high school teachers teach in a block schedule and they go into their classroom for 80 minutes and they may not have a chance to connect with other teachers um, in that collaborative way for students to see or for other teachers to see, um, with the exception of our co-teaching teachers, of course. Um, it's interesting because it, it makes me think about our new teacher session and, uh, I don't know, a month or so ago mm-hmm. we, brought, we brought our new teachers in and and we just had a really great session. I, I was so energized was. by that. And, you know, after that session, we took the time to individually think about what we did well and, and where we would want to where we'd want to change it for next year or for our next session and what feedback we need. And then we processed it together, you know, what went well. And I can remember saying to you, what do you think these new teachers think of us <laughs> together in a team 
you know, having this fun and talking about how they feel. And, you know, I just, it, it really makes me think about it and how, how, um, how important that leadership is. Well, what was interesting about that situation too, was they're new to the district. So they saw two people, two administrators, two central office administrators, uh, collaborating in a way that probably isn't all that common. And, and certainly thinking it was something that was new to them and just wondering what they thought of that. Did they like it? Did they think it was interesting? Did they not care? Um, or did they find that there was something beneficial about the session? There was definitely an energy in the room, which I think stemmed from just sort of their passion about education. Um, but, you know, did some of that come from the fact that we were relaxed and, uh, you know, collaborative and sort of portraying that idea of not everybody's working in a silo. It's not Lynn's turn to talk now. It's not my turn to talk. It's was sort of a give and take. It was a, it was a very interesting session. Yeah. And it's, and it's not, it's not top down. The assistant superintendent is not setting the parameters. Instead, you know, we're working together to, to have these honest conversations about what they need in their professional development and, you know, what we want them to know about our district. Another way that we publicly model this connection and collaboration is through building visits. And, you know, that's certainly one thing that uh, you've definitely pushed uh, in this collaboration is the idea of getting out into the buildings and, and visiting the buildings and modeling for the teachers this idea that, you know, here are two administrators that care about the building, that care about the school district, that are out and about and visible, and we're visible as a team, too. And, you know, that's not to say that we don't do anything individually. Of course we do. You know, sometimes I'll go in like today. I just walked down to the one elementary school and walked around on my own while you were in a meeting doing something else. Um, so we do do things separately, but it, it's also a very um, sort of ingrained in our routine that we visit the buildings and we oftentimes do that together. And so we're modeling for our, for our educational community um, the fact that we are a team, that we do work together, that we think together, that we collaborate and, and problem solve together. Uh, and I think that has really made a difference in our culture and in the way that people perceive us in our, in our particular roles. And I would definitely agree. And I, I think it also sends a message when we're able to, you know, when our superintendent is able to join us too. And, you know, we're all able to get out there and, and really serve as instructional leaders um, you know, those connections between the three of us also make a difference, too. Another example of this this third point of modeling connection and collaboration, I think, is this this podcast that we've started uh, and have been doing for now for almost a month. Uh, and that is that we're trying to model for the larger educational community the value of uh, educational leaders collaborating and connecting and sharing um, as a team. You know, we could have done this individually and uh, put oh I don't know I don't know that I could have done it individually <laughs> and put individual <laughs> messages out there uh, but we're, we decided that we wanted to do this together because we do have um, a good collaborative relationship as professional employees in a school district and how do we model that for the larger educational community um, so that's you know n number three would be to, to model connection and collaboration and those are some examples now uh, there are different kinds of collaboration. Our particular example, you know, of two people who are in central office. So, you know, we work closely on a daily basis within close proximity uh, to each other. But there may be some people who, you know, are a principal in a building and maybe there are 400 kids and they're the only principal. 
And so what do they do? So we came up with there, there are three possible kinds of collaboration. One, like we've demonstrated already, a local collaboration. So you might be in the same building, uh, your collaborator might be in the same district, uh, and you know, basically you've just heard some examples of that. Absolutely. And, and maybe you, you don't have that connection within the district or um, you don't have the opportunity to make the connection or, you know, for whatever reason, you're looking for something else. And, and something in addition to collaborating with each other and collaborating with, with our colleagues, um, you know, including our superintendent and our building leaders, we also have a great opportunity to collaborate regionally um, with our IU, our intermediate unit colleagues. So monthly, they have a curriculum and instruction meeting in which leaders from every school district within the intermediate unit come together and have conversation about topics which are relevant at the time, whether it's a PDE topic or, um, you know, sounds like we've been doing a lot of that lately with educator effectiveness in Pennsylvania and SLOs, and, but also, you know, bigger ideas like curriculum and, and um, you know, science courses and how can we prepare our students to take our bio keystone and, you know, what, how are you handling some of the same challenges we have? And we use this regional collaborator in a couple of ways. Sometimes it's virtually through email exchange or um, even surveys. You know, when, when we wanted to, just recently Randy and I got one about SLOs and how many SLOs are you requiring student learning objectives in Pennsylvania are required for our teachers. You know, how many are you requiring? What percentage um, they asked several questions so that everyone in the group would be able to get this information. So sort of, um, what's the word, crowdsourcing you use, Randy, <laughs> to get some ideas and, and to hear what other people are doing. And sometimes it happens face-to-face -face and, and sometimes it happens virtually. And it goes back to that idea that none of us is an expert in everything. And if we tap into those other folks that have that particular expertise or learn what they're doing, and uncover and give them the ability to share that, then we learn and we grow. And that leads us to our third kind of collaboration, and that's something that's become very popular these days, and this is virtual collaborators. Uh, so maybe you're on Twitter, and you probably have a PLN, a uh, professional learning network, and so you're constantly connecting with uh, like-minded educators, school leaders, that are facing the same challenges, trying to solve the same problems. And uh, it's a great place, social media, to put out those questions, those challenges that you're working on, um, learn about resources that people are, are finding to help solve those problems, to, to help teachers learn to use technology better, to help teachers uh, to learn to implement the PA core or the common core, depending on what state you're in, uh, more effectively to get more rigor into the curriculum, thinking of uh, critical thinking, uh, all sorts of things and challenges that we as educational leaders face you can learn and connect with virtual collaborators as well. So we have local collaborators, we have regional collaborators, and we have, of course, uh, in the 21st century, virtual collaborators as well. So what's the bottom line for us tonight? What's our sort of wrap-up big idea? Um, we don't have to do this alone. You know, we have three solid reasons to find a collaborator, someone in a, in a similar role or in a, with a similar philosophy, uh, with whom you can work, someone to help you problem solve, someone help to give you that honest feedback, um, both positive and, and critical, and someone with whom you can model collaboration for your learning community. 
So now it's time to hear from you, our listeners. Please join the conversation. So after each episode, we leave you with a question or two to think about with the idea of provoking some conversation amongst us and our listeners. So this week we have two questions. First one, do you have a collaborator? And if so, what do you see as the benefits of that collaborator? Anything different that uh, maybe we didn't share? Maybe it's another benefit other than one of the three that we shared with you. And what is one way that your collaborator helps you in your daily practice? If you want to share an example, that'd be great. So second question, if you are in a school as the only administrator, how do you find a collaborator to learn alongside? So uh, those, those who tend to be isolated, uh, what are the ways that you break down that isolation? How do you get through those barriers? We'd love to hear from you on that. So uh, visit our blog at tltalkradio.org. Leave a comment, or you can leave us a voicemail as, as well. Uh, there's a big red button there on the right side. Or you can use the hashtag TLTalkRadio on Twitter, and we'll share your ideas in a future episode. You can explore additional resources from uh, this particular podcast in the show notes on tltalkradio.org. And uh, we would love to have any questions or suggestions for future episodes. Uh, Again, so you can click on that red send voicemail button on our tltalkradio.org website and uh, leave your ideas. As we said in the last couple of podcasts, Connected Educators Month is coming in October, and we've got some things planned. Uh, The topics... uh, by the organizers of Connected Educators Month uh, are blended learning, collaboration and capacity building, diversity, inclusiveness, and global connected education, educator professional development and learning, leadership for change, student agency, student voice, and the maker movement, and whole community engagement. That's parents, teachers, students, and community members. So if you've got ideas around those topics, we'd love to hear them. Uh, and we look forward uh, in the upcoming episodes to uh, having some topics around, around uh, having some conversations around those topics. So we'll see you next week and uh, hope to have some more engaging conversation on, a, on an interesting topic, which we've yet decided upon. So have a good week, everyone. Take care. Have a great night. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, and improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com forward slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all of these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.